0: This episode of Into the Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's well known and proven that connecting with wildlife and nature can improve your overall well-being, so why would you not want to turn it up a notch by getting to see things even closer and clearer with a set of binoculars? It's what I have done and I have not looked back. I can't recommend enough checking out the range of optics that Leica have to offer. A great range of kit with superb optics and they even have payment plans if you don't have the cash up front. I wouldn't shout about a company on the show that I haven't used or been impressed by. And it's important to me that companies we are partnered with have the same values as Into the Wild, which is why I'm proud to give them five thumbs up. If you want to check out more of Likers range, then visit their website that can be found in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Riley, come. Riley. Good girl. Well done. Good girl. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Into the Wild. (laughs) It's a very relaxed start to the show, isn't it? Um, usually I'll be doing these intros in my flat where it's uh, you know, void of all sound apart from my voice uh, to keep Oscar happy. This way, Riley. Good girl. But it's been such a busy couple of weeks that I wanted to come for a walk and I thought whilst I do, I will record the intros. I'm in a beautiful bit of woodland, ancient woodland, five minutes away from my house called Highgate Woods It's lovely up here, it's managed for wildlife, it's also managed for people as well, so it's a recreational ground in the middle. It's built for all purposes, and it's a beautiful place. If you're ever in London, type in Highgate Woods into your Google Maps, get off at Highgate Tube, uh, just above Camden, exit, turn right, cross the road, pass the Woodman pub, and you've got it right there in front of you. Um, We've got a cafe in the middle, you've got loads of pubs around, beautiful place, come visit it. So, hi, thanks for tuning into the show. I haven't done one of these for a while outside, it's nice. Um, So, We've had a busy couple of weeks, like I said. Um, For new listeners, um, I will explain a bit about what's been happening. We've been making a film for the last 18 months, which I still can't believe we can say that, called Beyond the Trigger. Um, We decided to make a film to look at trophy hunting um, in land management in the country of Namibia. So we travelled to Namibia, we uh, met with local uh, communities and conservancies, local people, um, people that live really rural, and we also met with someone on private lodge to hear about how trophy hunting works, um, what, it, what part it plays in their life uh, for them, for the surrounding wildlife, for the habitat, what their views of of trophy hunting are and how they want to see it change, if, if they do want to see it change. Old listeners, you know exactly what I'm talking about and Thursday last week, the 8th of September, we had our London premiere. The first group of people to set eyes on the film who weren't myself, Into the world's producer, Oscar Henson or Professor Adam Hart from Gloucestershire University. It was really scary. (laughs) On a day that we lost our monarch, uh, the queen, which was a very sad moment and a sad day, Um, we were then very nervous whether the screening could go ahead, but we were determined to do so because the message in the film is important and we wanted to get it out there. And then we were worried that whether people would turn up. We had reserved just over 100 seats for the room and just over 100 people turned up. It was incredible it, to have that many people willing to come and listen, really willing to be challenged and to just watch something that we've put a lot of work into for the last 18 months. Uh, I got a bit emotional at times, <laughs> I had to leave the room. It's just, you know, I performed comedy for seven years. I, I wrote comedy shows, I wrote stand-up sets for clubs. And that still, obviously I got nervous doing, but I didn't get as scared as this because it, this was the unknown. I didn't, I didn't know if I'd done this well, I didn't know if I'd done this right. Riley, come. Good girl, well done. <laughs> um, I didn't know if I'd done this right, but to see people enjoy it, to see people laugh, to raise their eyebrows, to just react to different moments in the film was absolutely, th- I mean, there are no words for stuff like that. Um, we were also incredibly lucky to have a Q&A afterwards hosted by the wonderful Emma Brizdian, science communicator, podcaster and host of For What It's Earth podcast. Um, she's been on the show before, she came down to host the Q&A with myself and we got three people who featured in the film to join us live on Zoom to give some answers to some more questions from Emma and those people were Maxi Lewis from uh, Naxo, the CEO of Naxo, we had Simson uh, Eurokop from uh, Save the Rhino Trust Namibia and then we had a lovely girl called Kaiveri from the Erie Rovapukka Conservancy who joined us as well. It was incredible, again, it was just such a lovely moment to have those people join us live, um, to just be able to see the audience themselves, to see the people that were interested in watching. I think that made them feel, well, I know Maxi messaged me afterwards and said how lovely it was to see people there watching the film. Um, and they, they got another opportunity to shed a bit more light on this topic. It was a wonderful event. I just wanted to share that with you. And if you are interested in seeing Beyond the Trigger, don't worry, you're gonna get that chance. That was our premiere. I'm heading out to Namibia in oh, 10 days, I think, um, to do the Namibian premiere. And then we're go on a we gonna have a live YouTube screening and then we've got our, you know, um, private screens around universities around the UK. If you are interested in hosting a screening, if you're listening and you run anything, you have a venue, you would like to arrange a venue in your local area, at your college, at your university, at your school, at your tennis club, I don't care where you <laughs> where it is. If you would like to host a screening, just drop me an email at intothewildpod at gmail.com. We can arrange a chat on the phone and I would be more than happy to try and arrange a screening of the film and um, to get this out there um, for people to uh, watch, listen and learn from. Anyway, on to today's episode. Today's episode is the last Global Bird Fair episode, the last time we're going to release... An episode that was recorded live at Global Bird Fair 2022, and this time we are talking to the person who is in charge of Global Bird Fair. I thought, what what better way to end it by talking to the person that set it up in the beginning? And that was Tim Appleton. Tim, um, I met Tim throughout the weekend. Incredibly welcoming guy lovely chap um, and he gave us the platforms to be able to have the chats that you've been listening to over the last few weeks so we really appreciated that um but at the same time i wanted to talk to tim about what global bird fair is i'd never been before this is the first time i'd stepped foot through the gates first time i'd seen the atmosphere the the people the stands the talks all this stuff first time so i was intrigued to go how the hell did you set this up you've been running this for years it's changed this year Um, Since post-pandemic, it's um, gone down its more independent route rather than collabed with other organisations. But why why did he set it up? That's what I wanted to know. Where did this come from? A lot of people have thoughts on Global Bird Fair, from the diversity aspect of the people attending, the people talking, the companies involved, to what is pushed at Global Bird Fair, which is global travel you know, in a world with increasing, well, we're at the point of no return, really, with climate change and the climate crisis and biodiversity crisis um, and the humanitarian crisis in that as well, Um, should we be encouraging so much global travel for tourism? I asked him that question, to be honest, I asked him that. And, you know, I was very intrigued by his answer. I think he made some very good points. I I still think there's some points I would challenge further on. But it was lovely for him to be able to really give us a a very clear understanding of what global bird fair is, why it is and where it came from. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last Global Bird Fair episode. Then next week, we're back to our regular chats with people from, well, with people on Zoom. (laughs) Not in person, pretty much. Riley, come on. Good girl, well done. Hello darling, hello. So yeah, this is um, a look at Global Bird Fair with Tim Appleton, enjoy. tim lovely to have you here on into the world podcast how are you
1: ah uh, exhausted but <laughs> so excited i mean come on you know five six months of organization would it happen would it not would it rain would it not yeah and so and then you wake up on friday you see the queues of people coming to global bird yeah, fair yeah. and wow we are so happy so and everyone's happy and i mean what is for me is i'm so excited about that Thirty-two years ago, I started you know, the one, the old bird fair, yeah, yeah. which, uh, and of course, that's now deceased. And from the ashes arises the, phoenix. the new so phoenix. Here we are. Yes. Here we are. So, what, so, before we get started with that, let's, for the listeners, make sure they know who are you and what do you do. To- right. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Tim Appleton, and I have been working in conservation all my life, mm-hmm. which is quite a long life. And I have worked for Sir Peter Scott at Slimbridge. I was deputy created there way back in mm-hmm. the uh, sort of early 70s. Took up the job and the passionate role of running Rustland Water Nature Reserve uh, which of course then was uh, literally just a, a, a map mm. and uh, so I came in 75 spent four years designing lagoons planting hundred thousand trees desi- wow. getting volunteers going and then running it and it became a SPA special protection area it became a triple SI Ramsar site and then I got to the point, where, you know, what do you do next? You know, mm. is there anything you should do? Yeah, what's do? the next step? Right? Exactly. You know, do you go and I was headhunted for projects in London, that sort of stuff. But, you know, I have a wonderful life here in Rutland. It's a great county. It's, in fact, it's meant to be the healthiest county uh, almost in the UK. Really? Be- yeah. Because of Rutland, people dog walk, they cycle around it, they yeah, sail, yeah. they fish, do all these sort of things. And so I decided to stay um, I went to the game fair, which is a, 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 an event for the sort of shooting guys. Yes, I've and been. Then, I've been oh invited. Okay. I went
0: to the one. Was it last year? I got invited by. Charlie, Chicole, okay. he invited yeah, yeah. me and we had a, we had a chat on a panel show. Fantastic.
1: Well, I mean, from there, I came away and I thought, you know, there's nothing for the industry, the wildlife yeah, burning yeah. industry. And I, you know, maybe I've got a bit of an entrepreneurial streak somewhere inside me, but, you know, <laughs> I just saw this wonderful opportunity. Could we mm. do something similar for the burning industry? Yeah. And, you know, I wanted, basically, I wanted three things. I wanted people to have a commercial interest in this. And, you know, we got the likes of lovely Leica here today yeah. and, you know, many of the other optical companies. But mm-hmm. the whole range of stuff that you know, people can you know, find out about wildlife, whether it's butterflies, dragonflies, birds, badgers or whatever. Um, but I also wanted to be a meeting place. And I think this is one of the key things. I mean, the number of people I look around are saying, wow, I haven't seen you for a year Do you remember, or two years or three yeah, years. Yeah. Do you remember that bird we saw or that dragonfly we saw? And then you, got, you see people getting together, talking. i mean, I'll give you one brilliant example, Ryan, many years ago. Sitting around a table with uh, people from Palestine, Jordan, and Israel, all totally sort of committed to what we're all wanting to do, and that's conserve this wonderful world we live in. Mm. And we've got a lot to do. And I also, of course, wanted it uh, an opportunity to raise money. Yes. So since I've started it, we've raised uh, on site about $5.5 Wow! And then with that money, we've then gone on to use that with BirdLife International to raise a further $35 million. So That's we've incredible. raised £40 million for conservation for an event that so many people have come. And everybody in this room today around us and in mm. the marquees and in other areas all their money that they've come through that little gate will go to the conservation project in Spain, which we're doing this year.
0: That's amazing. And so, because so, I was going to ask you, where did Bird Fair come from? But then, so how long's Bird Fair? Because this is embarrassingly, this is my first one. <laughs> this is my first one. Yeah, too. shame upon you. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> but when? But, so how long's it been running?
1: Well, as a Bird Fair virgin, yeah. uh, I will tell you all about <laughs> this. So, <laughs> So basically, um, it was seriously as a result of seeing the game fair yeah. and then thinking, but then uh, my colleague Martin Davies, who's no, well, he's no longer part of it, but mm. um, you know, heavily involved in many other ways. Um, we met at a wonderful pub in uh, Rutland where, called the the best Finch. Ideas. Exactly. where the best idea is but from. it's called the Finch's Arms there, there we go I've been spot. there is that, oh, that it, the one on the island it is indeed the one yeah. on the um, yeah, what do you call it the peninsula yeah the peninsula the I've Hamilton had Peninsula oh you drove past my house um, <laughs> so anyway it's just an incredible place we, we talked to uh, one of the optics uh, manufacturers mm-hmm. um, and, and, and they they gave us £2,000 back in 1989, and that was quite a lot of money that time, but it gave me the confidence to sort of think, well, we can order these marquees, we can do this. It was much, much smaller, we raised £3,000 that year, uh, which again, back there was a lot of money for the Stop the Massacre campaign. So, you know, know, basically, you know, it was doing everything I ever wanted to do, and still doing to this day, nearly, what, 33 years later.
0: Yeah, amazing. And. Th- that's. I-, I think that's quite interesting to hear where that came from then, because as someone that has been to Game Fair from being invited to see what it was like, and I had that kind of similar feel going, you know, whilst this, um, and, I, and no one would mind me saying this, but why this demographic and clientele at Game Fair is not where I would naturally fit into in my Hawaiian shirt and my long ginger <laughs> hair. It was not like, oh, our Jesus is here. <laughs> it wasn't quite, but at the same time, I did have that same thought thinking, I don't know where I would go for this for nature. There was nothing where we could meet and group and people were happy and people were talking and there was conversations and there was engagement. There was technology chats going on. I was like, but there's nowhere. Where would I go for nature? And I had that same thing, but that's interesting because people talk about Global Bird Fair saying, but there's all this commercial stuff, but it's interesting, but that's the reason why you did it because you see a fair that's happening on exactly, the other side exactly. or another exactly. side of the industry. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of wanted to replicate
1: that. A- absolutely. And I think what you've got, you know, people have got to realize if we didn't have the likes of Leica here and yeah. Swarovski and all these, other, we wouldn't have the ing- in- the income to come in yeah. to support the smaller organization, yeah. the NGOs and stuff like that, like, like Plant Life, which is literally right behind yeah, us. Yeah, right behind us. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we want to encourage them, but, you know, the idea of somewhere like the optical companies, our big sponsors, mm. help therefore other smaller companies to come in Yeah. And and it a big attraction so these people would not necessarily come if it was just you know a lovely little event you know in the marquee talking about birds and butterflies and we we have got to get the big draw in and mm. you know if we didn't ha- I mean one of my passions and it's not everybody's passion is uh, traveling to see conservation yes. in action yeah. and I I'm very much and both Penny and I who you know run this event mm. we're very aware that uh, You know, there are people who say, right, you know, low-carbon birding is the only way forward. Mm -hmm. But if they're actually living in their comfortable houses in wherever it might be, in the UK, you know, on benefits or whatever, whatever it might be, bear in mind that the people over the other side of the world living in a forest um, who are only supported by us going to see them and seeing the wildlife, whether it's badgers, birds, tigers, whatever they If they didn't have that ink and coming in as a guide or the person who you know picks you up from the from the airport or it might be, or cleans the uh, rooms in the lodge or the cook or whatever, yeah. what would they do? They would just go out, they would cut the forest down they' t- they'd be out shooting game you know, bush meat, and of course, the habitat goes, so a, a lot of people really have got to quite put their mind around the benefits of positive carbon travel
0: i agree i i, I think. It's it's such a weird topic because it's, it, again, people try and blanket this. And my listeners know I hate blanket terms. I hate blanket, kind of, this is the rule for everyone. It has to be like this because it doesn't work because it, there's too much diversity in the world. And we need tourism. There's, yeah, like you yeah. said, there's places on the planet that, there's places in England that rely on it. Like yeah. Rutland, you take the tourism out of Rutland, yeah Rutland will struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And there's people with greater needs elsewhere. And I think, whilst I agree, I try not to fly as much as I can. Um... But travel's important to me yeah. on a mental health basis. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. traveling, I love seeing new cultures, new people. I'm, I'm an extrovert so I talk to anyone and I like to be in that. My girlfriend's the opposite, she just lets me go <laughs> off and do it. But that's why we went to Portugal this year yeah. and I did feel guilty at first but then I thought to myself, but we felt so happy coming back. Yeah. And we had all, all these independent restaurants on this lovely little harbour town if we, if no one did that, the world would collapse.
1: Yeah, surely. absolutely, yeah. I mean, this event alone is worth about one and a half million to the local economy. You know, you can't get a hotel for love and the money. I mean, people, you know, actually travel. And the great thing is, because we have a train service... We normally have a train service. Would you be the one weekend of the year they're, they're, they're closing the line and running buses? Yeah. But, you know, you can still get to our station. We have a, a coach to pick people up. Yeah. You know, we're trying to absolutely minimise, you know, our, our sort of carbon them. footprint yeah. as much as possible. But what we have done is ask people that we come in if they want to, they can make a donation to our uh, to offsetting what we're hoping to do a lot with is, is uh, peat bog restoration. Mm. Or it's either going to be peat bog or salt, salt marsh. But, I mean, at least, you know, some of the money is actually going to stay in the in UK, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of the money will go to this project in Lejanda. And I think sometimes
0: when, when people, like I will say to the listeners listening now, when I say stuff like that, about don't, I, I'm not saying fly everywhere. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously, we, we do take the climate crisis very seriously. Absolutely, and, yeah. You know, you should start reviewing, is there other ways in your life? Could you be reviewing where your money is going in your bank or your pension and could we be, you know, saving carbon elsewhere? Um, and also like you, you could not fly for a couple of years and then do a trip. But at the same time, I think when we're questioning activities like that, it needs to be across the board. I don't think it can just be targeted at yeah. events like this. For me personally, that's my opinion. I don't think, if we're questioning, and I'm not, but there's people out there that would question Global Bird Fair with the, the amount that's on offer for holidays. But then no one's questioning the BBC yeah. saying, well, all the shows you make, you've got on a plane.
1: Yes, you've flown around it, the world. Exactly. And
0: there's some presenters that fly constantly mm-hmm. around the world to film mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So if you're questioning that side, I do believe it has to be fair and
1: question the other. Absolutely. And I think what I've noticed with the travelling I do, you know, if I'm going, you know, I'm staying in a hotel because mm. I'm then going on to somewhere else, into the forest or whatever it might be, a lot of the people that are lying on their sunbeds, yeah. maybe for the first week, and then there's much more inquisitiveness now. People, And then a lot of hotels what we were encouraging them to do is engage with local wildlife guides, to then sort of put up a little sign, right, on Monday morning at 9 o'clock, yep. we'll take you to see X, Y, and Z. And that's becoming more and more popular. And then, of course, then you've got, you know, a local guide, you've got, a, you know, somebody servicing their minibus or whatever it might be. Hopefully that'll be electric before long. And, uh, you know, so people are getting off their backsides a little bit more when they are on these sort of two-week uh, sunbed-type holidays. Because, you know, I think uh, the likes mentioned you've mentioned, the, you know, BBC Travellers, I mean, look at David Asmara. I mean, he's a good yes, friend of mine, it is, I've known it is, him yeah, for exactly. donkey's years, um, but if it wasn't for the likes of David actually promoting conservation yeah, yeah. Um, and, in fact, opening people's eyes up to, um, you know, the bigger wide world. Mm. In fact, I'll digress a little bit again, because I don't know if you saw just recently, there was a fantastic news item about um, the gorillas in uh, Rwanda. And it was—it was on—it was, on, was on the main news, and it was just demonstrating the value of mm. tourism, eco-tourism, sustainable eco-tourism. Uh, and the benefits, not just for the gorillas, the fact they're now uh, gone almost from rock bottom, again, through being hunted for bushmeat, they're now expanding, the populations are going well, they're, mm. uh, uh, you know, they're, they're happy with um, people because, you know, and I'm talking about the gorillas are happy, yeah, yeah, let alone out. the guides and the people down in the lodge and etc. So so yeah. it, f- and, and those gorillas are now safe. Yeah. You know, they would have gone by now if it hadn't been for tourism. But this is what I mean. It's like, seriously, they would have yeah. gone.
0: It's, 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 it's putting the value on it we yeah, have exactly. to put the value on yeah. the wild spaces and the yeah, animals exactly. in it we have yeah, to yeah. because like yeah. you said there's people around there that live it and if it has no value yeah. then there's no reason to protect exactly, so, exactly right yeah. um, the other thing that we hear a lot of talk about um, in the um, with my guests across the weekend th- that we've been recording here is um, the demographic in nature that we try and change it, it, to benefit the planet to yes, try and absolutely. save it um, have you seen a change because this is the first bird fair since COVID this is the first yeah. one that you guys have done at a new location and yeah. and done differently Have you seen a change in the demographic this weekend to previous years?
1: Um, I mean, you're going to still at a commercial event where, you know, you look around at certain items that, you know, will attract a certain price range person, if you like, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So you're inevitably going to get um, you know sort of people well, perhaps a little bit younger than me most of us um, but at the same time what I've tried to do this year and I think mm. hopefully successfully is bring in a lot more young people by yes. having a young people's events for example uh, dare I say Zeiss at the end of the other end of this room um, has the, yeah, exactly, <laughs> the the Zeiss uh, Young Birders award Yes. so yeah, they've offered three nice amazing um, awards to get again encourage young people Um, We had uh, three discussions, one with David Lindo, the Mm, urban birder, talking to uh, people under 25 about where they see the world going in the future. Mm. You know, they are the potential uh, um, young conservationists, but the future old conservationists. (laughs) Um, But then we had another one with um, Paul Jepsen talking about... Basically, rewilding, and these, mm. we had three people in, from different areas of rewilding, from you know someone from a company, somebody from a tourism point of view and yeah. somebody from uh, 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 an ecology background. Yeah. and they were just, again, saying the value of that uh, and discussing it, but good, open conversation with people mm-hmm. in the audience as well. Yeah. And then we had the, um, another a young group that are coming out, a sort of global group. And they were, again, they were all under sort of 20 or so. Yeah. So this is what we're trying to do, get more and more young people through the gates. You know, it's all free anyway for youngsters. Yeah. Um, and um, we will keep building on that now. And we want yeah. their help as well. I mean, it's all well and good, me at the age of whatever, to sort of, say, you know, organise these things. You know, and I can only assume, I mean, I've got grandkids, so I know to a certain extent what they want. But, you know, I'm very, very happy to work with youngsters to say, look... Tim, you know, twit! You, you know, you, you should be doing this much more. You should be yeah. expanding. We're working with Instabirders on on Instagram, for That's example. Great, yeah. They're really good. Toby Carter and everyone, and, and, and so you know, by engaging with, but in fact, one of the uh, in our program this year, uh, we've got three youngsters, including Toby Carter, mm-hmm. who's actually you know given us uh, their views on life, how they got into conservation, how they went through university, and yeah. just now looking into this big wide world to see how what they can do. So, you know, we, we are, we're tr- trying to engage yeah. a lot. And with ethnic communities, again, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're right in the heart, of, or not quite the heart of Leicester, but we're not far from Leicester mm. with a massive ethnic community there. We'd love to get people, but it's, it's just engaging with people. You know, we can, yeah. we can provide this platform and hopefully try to make it as diverse as possible. And that's, that's my um, aim yeah, in life. You know, I want to bring communities together. I, I've launched Global Birding. Um, two years ago with mm. Penny, and um, last uh, May, May the 14th, we had um, 52,000 people across the world take part in global birding wow. with uh, on Global Big Day from 201 different countries. That's we had people up in Rwanda going out camping and watching birds. We had people in Argentina in, uh, and Tahiti, and they share what they could see, and they share what they see on eBird. Uh, we saw um, 7,726 different species in a single day, which is almost two thirds of the world's That's bird amazing. population. And we re- we sent in 132,000 checklists on that one day. Mm. Whether it was a common robin or a you yeah. know rhinoceros hornbill or something like yeah, that, yeah. it's all data that is you know becomes the largest citizen science project anywhere in the world. That's incredible. So this is what I'm trying to do now: bring communities together. Yeah. The pandemic has been extraordinary in many many ways I mean you know we had teams called the balcony birders because they couldn't actually, <laughs> so they actually couldn't leave they couldn't leave they couldn't leave their flats so we had a, a, a group of balcony birder teams but they're international so mm. we connected people in Spain uh, in I think it was in Hungary it was somewhere else it was about three different countries four different countries and they caught, formed a team, submitted their individual lists, and it became, you know, a group of people. I would love to think are now probably talking to each that's, other. That's amazing. So, it, you know, if you've got the passion for something, yeah. which I certainly have, and we both have, then, you know, you can achieve an awful lot. You really can. Yeah.
0: Is is it something you hope? Because, like I said, because this is the the first one of a new maybe wave of bird fairs. Yeah. Is it something you see? You hope to see grow in the oh, next
1: couple of years? It grow, I mean, the thing we don't want it to become, I grow in, it depends how you mean by grow. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, what I don't want to do is just become so big, you know, it becomes impersonal. Yes, um, yeah, you you know, in terms of, of the exactly the number of stands and things like that. What I do know is an awful lot of people who didn't said, Oh, I don't think we're going to come this year, it's not going to be very good, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, what happens, you know, they come in and say, Oh, ooh, ooh, yeah, we better have a stand next year. Uh, I'll put them on the waiting list. But no, seriously, you know, in terms of growth, what, it, what we do need to grow is this sort of the whole diversity. And, and bring people in and don't feel it's just for middle-aged, white yeah, you know, yeah. um, folk like me, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, which it isn't. I mean, it, I mean, if you walk around Oakham uh, in the last couple of days, you know, you probably hear 25 different languages, you know, yeah, wandering around. And, yeah. and wandering, it's just brilliant. And, you know, people are prepared uh, to come across from one side of the world to the other mm. to promote their lodges or promote their guides, um, to pro- promote their businesses. Um, because they know this is the one place in the world, the only place in the world at the moment, that they, you can actually connect with, with people in, in the wildlife world. From
0: my background, so I've always been into nature, worked for nature, worked with animals, yeah. and I've been in the entertainment industry. With that commercial side of bird fair that is, is, is needed for tourism globally as well and for the importance of wildlife, would you ever see a time at Global Bird Fair that has also an entertainment side? Um, For the the visitors here, so you have that kind of commercial side, but you also have um, some like... Folk music, but then also like live comedy podcasts or anything like that. Is that something you ever see?
1: For uh, you know, I'm sure it uh, will happen. I mean, I'm happy to do a dance routine you know, with, with you. <laughs> that's um, what yeah. I was hinting at. Them. Well, exactly. All right, then I'll tell you what. We're, 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 I need a beer. we come strictly come birding. All right, so that's that's I've just thought that through. So that, that's that's on that's on for next year. So beware. <laughs> I will beware. I will beware. So um, yeah, uh, I mean, yes, indeed. I mean, for example, yesterday we had a uh, Indian sitarist playing mm. uh, in one of the stands. We had a, a guitarist and basically a guy called Kerry Levy. I don't know if you've met mm. Kerry at all, but uh, he, he put together a fantastic group of people talking about water and what water means to them. So And they, they trans- bought, transferred that into uh, the music in a guitar, a music in a sitar, um, a poet was there as well, Amazing somebody nice. else was reading. And so, you know, we're, we're slowly sort of looking at that wider. Yeah. Bit. But... It's not a musical festival. No, of course not. But I know what you're saying. So, you know, in the evenings, you know, we'd love to do that. I'd, I'd love to have a barn dance. We used to have a barn dance oh, here. God, a good old, you know, <laughs> you, know, diddle-dum, diddle-dum, <laughs> dum, you know, so charging up and down the, uh, uh, one of the marquees, tripping over the guy ropes, no doubt. But, uh,
0: Next year, l- live comedy. In that. Are you prepared to do that? I right. do. It. I'll we do. i it. It. Right.
1: Did you hear that, everyone? Are you We've listening? We just got that on record. I'll do it Absolutely. next year. Absolutely. We'll do it. Okay. We'll Fine. do an
0: Into the Wild live. Yeah. But it'll be a comedy podcast. As well. Nature, Absolutely. All nature themed. Fantastic.
1: Right. We'll do right. it next year. Okay. I'll sign you up after no. this. Okay. <laughs> okay cool. Just speak to my agent. <laughs> <laughs> Penny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I asked all my guests this. What would be the one bit of advice that you would pass on to everyone regarding the natural world, no matter how specific or niche? What would you pass on to everyone?
1: Have passion, love it, share it, make it fun, and I think the last is, it is making it fun you know it 's not serious, it is serious what 's going on around the world, but if you don 't see it in a in an a, in a exposed sort of fun sort of situation, you know you 'll get very depressed so i mean I wake up i mean you saw me just now walking around with a city parrot or what it was you know doing city impersonations um, and you know that 's where you know, and it, immediately it, the people were drawn to you because yeah, you know, they're looking, yeah. what's that idiot doing? But, you know, it, it's that's how I feel about life. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to make everyone engage in people, inspire in many, many different ways. Yeah. And that's been my mantra ever since I stepped foot at Slimbridge and uh, met uh, Peter Scott and mm. worked with him for five years. And again, his passion was very much people first, yep. then wildlife. Because once you've inspired people to love wildlife, they'll happens. love that yeah. as well. So, Please love wildlife.
0: Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate um, I appreciate you coming on here. I also appreciate the entire weekend. It's been absolutely lovely, and it's been lovely
1: to sit here and record Ed, episodes. Ryan, it's been great meeting you. And, thank um, you. Uh, I can't wait to hear your act next year. <laughs> <laughs> you have signed myself <laughs> up. <laughs> People beware, no children.
0: Right, thank, thank you. you very much. Cheers, Tim thanks again for listening everyone if you'd like to keep up to date with the guests that have appeared in today's into the wild episode then you can do so on social media their tags are in the write-up of this episode also you can follow us on social media at into the wild pod on twitter and into the wild podcast on instagram and if you'd like to get in touch about into the wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes you can email me at into the wild at A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them, and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. Into the Wild always aims to be a free show, however running it is not free. If you'd like to support us and say thanks, then you can do so by buying me a coffee. Our Ko-fi link is in the write-up of this episode. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.